Oh, me and Devin are back. I think this is episode 21 now. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. Episode 21. Um, in this episode, me and Devin are going to be talking about shortages, specifically in this episode, and um, what that could lead down the road. And so I guess I'll start this t- topic off, Devin. Um, I'm really not surprised by this shortage of almost everything that we practically need to survive now um it was funny donald trump said back in 2020 the man the man himself literally like predicted that if joe biden was elected president that um we would go through a depression like we've never seen and we might not even have a country at the end of it what's your opinion on that quote you know, he called it, and, and it's it's coming to rise, I guess. Um, you know, I was I was just reading up on this, and it, it's crazy. And some of this you might not even have known the, the actual numbers of how much some of this has gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the price of beef has gone up 17%. Oof. The price of a used car has gone up 24%. And would you have any guess what percent gas has gone up? I'm going to take a wild guess at over 100 no, 42%. Oh. Overall, the price of the dollar has gone up 5.4% from a year ago. Wow. And this sounds... is this is from NBC News. This is oh, that's from a liberal media outlet. I love that. Yeah, that's uh it was actually from Meet the Press, um, which you know, even if even if they askew these numbers low, mm-hmm. skewing these to make them low, you know, still looks really bad. Um, which oh, yeah. was kind of random because they had three things: they had gas, used cars, and beef. And for some reason, they picked children's shoes as one of the four categories at 12%. <laughs> I thought that was weird, but I'm sure they don't want to bring up anything more important. So they had to, to kind of cushion it out a little bit. That is nuts. That is absolutely nuts. And so, Devin, I think that some of the videos that people have seen, like these ports in California, and we could really just start blaming the governor, Gavin Newsom, directly for this problem because – there have been ports that there's been ships that are not been allowed into ports because of COVID restrictions. Like that is insane to me. I mean, you see all these. We now we also see truckers um, protesting because they're the um, the labor union is trying to enforce the mandates of vaccination, and so we see truckers saying that they're, they're not going to work. Well, that's a problem because if a trucker doesn't get food to Walmart the next day, Walmart's going to fall short the next day on the shelf. And but, um, we're, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a significantly, significantly less amount of stock in stores, either whether it be Walmart, the world's largest retailer, or, or I mean, I guess Amazon would be, but I'm talking grocery wise. Um, we're seeing a, a humongous amount of difference. You know, if you if you ever been to Walmart in the last, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. under Trump, you know, the, the milk, you know, the milk crates and all that were stacked full. I went to buy a gallon of milk, what, Sunday or Saturday? And there was like three in each row you know they're trying to make it look full but it's not full that's you know sad. And uh, it's scary and bread there wasn't hardly any bread you know it's we talk about the you know socialist countries and all that and we're, we're starting to see it you know, you know how hard it is to get a loaf of bread in in these in these socialist countries like venezuela and cuba back in you know the 60s and 70s and 80s and 
um, and just all that stuff. You know, that's that's the basis when you talk about economy is simple things, bread, milk, cheese, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to go back to the California because a lot of these ships or these ports. Also, I believe it's um, I don't think it's so much Florida. I could be wrong. Do you know much if Florida's ports are allowing all these ships in? Actually, um, Rick DeSantis just came out and said that uh, he was, would like to see these ships rerouted into Florida, that he is opening the ports to as much trade as these ships can get in. I was actually just watching a video on it on Rumble. Mm. Um, and, of course, you know, we're seeing – I'm not even going to call him Governor Newsom. I'm going to call him Dictator Newsom um, yes. because it, it it's a stretch. You know, it's – you know, but uh, then we're seeing, uh, of course, an American-loving Republican – taking a stretch to save the country compared to someone who's locking his state down because of COVID and doesn't understand and fathom the concept that he's destroying his already in shambles economy. Have, I mean, you know how expensive it is to live in California, how expensive everything oh, is cost of living. I mean, I oh, think man. like, if it, I think it's like a one or a four or what two bedroom apartment in California is something like you can buy like a nice ranch house here in Missouri. Like a two bedroom apartment there is like I I'm the strongest number out there. I could be totally wrong, so don't take what I say for granted. But I think it's something in like the hundred over the hundred thousand dollar range, which is absurd. I have a buddy whose girlfriend lives outside Los Angeles. She lives about an hour, hour and a half out of Los Angeles. What'd she and, say about it? Oh, well, she was she texted me one day or Snapchatted me or something. Was like, you know, hey, how much are how much are apartments there? Because she wants to get out of California, you know. She's one of the few conservatives that actually lives in California. I know that's mind-blowing to think that there's still people that strongly out there, but she's like, you know, how much are apartments out there? I said, well, you know, mine's about eight, nine hundred a month. She goes, Well, mine's like twenty two hundred dollars a month. Twenty two hundred a month? Yeah. That's a dude, a twenty two hundred dollars a month can you could afford a really nice house here. That's uh that's about three hundred and sixty five thousand dollar house here in Missouri. Um not, not so much with the market. apartment. I think she said like 800 or 900. I mean, it no wasn't way. a tiny apartment. Um, your apartment's about that. I mean, I've been to your apartment. Yeah. And could you could you fathom, I mean, in the least bit, spending $22 a month on your apartment? Oh, that makes me sick. It would. I would be probably living in a cardboard box in that case. Yes. Uh, I right. don't, there's no way I'd be able to survive. I want to be able to eat. And that's the thing. You know, you don't, you see a, a, a great difference between you know, the economic glasses there, you know, you don't see super poor people having houses in Los Angeles or San Diego or Sacramento or San Jose or anything like that. You see people that are just barely holding on and they're so far outside the city. Cause that's, I mean, that's what they can afford, you know, right. getting within that hour of Los Angeles, you're still houses are, she said, we're still going for eight, seven, you know, seven, $800,000, you know, and because they've jacked that economy up so much, you know, the cost of living is just outrageous. I cannot stress that enough. You know, you know, in Los Angeles, you can only use water at certain times of the day at certain times of the year. And I think it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And so with all these shortages, Devin, this piling on after another, and at first we knew it was going to be gas. As soon as <clears throat> Biden shut down the pipeline, I think that was a no-brainer for everybody. But, I mean, for beef, ice, Basically everything. Like I, I don't think there's one thing that we can't name that we have a shortage on. I mean, chips and phones. I mean, as you know, Devin, I just got a brand new phone last week. So I went to audience now. So I went to a T-Mobile store 
on Highway K, okay? And I'm in St. Charles County. And so they tell me they are completely out of iPhones. Any Siri iPhone they don't have. So we called every single T-Mobile store in St. Charles County. Wenzel, St. Charles, O'Fallon, Lake St. Louis, you name it. Anywhere in the county, we called. We get down to the last two stores, okay? And the second to last store says they have one iPhone left. And we probably called, like, I'm not kidding you, 12 stores. All of them were, all of them didn't have one iPhone in stock. And so, more interesting enough, once I get to the store where I bought my iPhone at, I asked the uh, guys working at T-Mobile, I said, man, this is crazy. Like, how many people come in a day and try to get an iPhone and you guys tell them you guys don't have any? He goes, oh, we get iPhones every day, but there's people lined up outside waiting for our shipment, our UPS truck to get here. That way they can buy a phone. That's nuts. You know what's even more crazy to me? And I, I don't know if you've been out by the Mills Mall lately. Um, if you know where the ice rink is and um, and all that stuff, there's probably eight to 10,000 Colorados, Chevy Colorados sitting there that are waiting on chips. Brand you know? new Colorados? Brand new Colorados. Wow. You know, you know, kind of what I'm talking about that backside where they just built that new uh, shopping mall, or yeah. not shopping mall, uh, the, like the the buildings for companies and stuff. I drove by the other day because you know I deliver dumpsters for a living, and uh, I drove back there. I'm like, that's a lot of Colorados, and they have two guys with the makeshift gate watching them at all times. You know, 24 hours watching, and they're I mean, they're, I'm not exaggerating. There had to been, I'm gonna go anywhere from five to eight. I'm gonna cut back a little bit. I'm gonna say anywhere from five to eight thousand. Chevy Colorado sitting there at the abandoned, basically abandoned Mills Mall out there in Hazelwood, Missouri. Wow. And uh, I drove by and I was talking to the guys. I'm like, what are all these? He goes, they're all waiting on chips. You know, they're, they're, they're making them and they're, they have them. They're all ready. They're just missing the fuel chips. As well as if you buy a new Chevy Silverado, you can get them without the AFM active field management chip because GM can't afford to not be putting cars out because of this chip shortage. Right. Same with the the PlayStation Five. You know, it took how long? How hard was it for me to get a PS Five? I tried for, shoot, I got mine in August. It took all the way from Christmas of last year to finally get one. You know, mm-hmm. and people are selling them for three times their worth. You know, nine hundred dollars when they're, you know, three hundred dollars brand new. Yeah, and so I just want to bring up the fact where we're going to go back to Joe Biden's campaign slogan: "Build back better." And so after the first ten months of this administration being in office. How can people seriously look at this guy and his administration and say, oh, he's definitely building back better? Because I think ever since he stepped into office, it just keeps getting, it keeps getting darker, darker, and darker. Every single day, something gets worse. You know, I, I, I don't want to say this just because it's Biden. You know, I would, I'm going to come out and say if this was any president, if, if this would have happened under Trump, I'd be calling out the same thing I'd be calling on Biden. But Trump wouldn't have let it get this bad. And that's the sad part, mm-hmm. is that Biden's continually building on top of this. And it, this he, he, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, something I noticed, Devin, is I, I, I solely think it's Joe Biden's fault. And the reason being is I think the man's just actually selfish. I think he is just so stubborn and selfish. I mean, there are actually people in his administration and I think have tried advising him to do things differently, especially on Afghanistan. I don't want to get too deep into that. But even on the um, shortage of different items, I think people in his administration have actually tried giving him advice that would not get to where we are now. And he is so stubborn and selfish that he doesn't take people's advice. 
I 100% agree with that. Um, to touch on, you know, like the gas storage, like we've talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I've said before, if you want to completely degrade an economy, especially the American economy, you need to raise the price of, of gas. That was that was the game plan from day one, as we see with him canceling the pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, trucks move everything. There is nothing that you touch or that you see or anything. No, there's nothing that at some point in front of you has not been in a semi truck or been on a boat that came from another country, which then got on a truck to go where you are. So if you can shut down the supply lines, you're going to degrade the economy and make it seem like this is all Trump's fault. I think that's the game plan. I think oh, yeah. they're going to try to degrade the economy and say, well, this was Trump era policies. And then they're going to attempt to build the economy up, but it's going to be too little too late. You know, I just was I was watching uh, a Fox News um, video on it. You know how much it's going to cost the American people to heat their homes this year if you're on natural gas? How much? Astronomical. I mean, it, they didn't give an exact quote number, but if if gas has gone up 40 percent and natural gas is made from the same byproducts, that means it's going to cost you at least 42 percent more this year to heat your house in the winter. That's yeah. not that's not including. I don't know what the price of gas compared to natural gas is after it's been uh, manufactured or processed, but at least 42%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's insane. And I'm sure most people, if you don't know this, you're probably not educated. Um, but the middle class is the backbone of this country. And with the way things are going on right now, the middle class is the class that's suffering the most from all these shortages. And so if you take away the middle class, the backbone of the country, how, like, what do you have left afterwards? I mean, that's what I try to tell people. I mean, I don't think people realize how important it is for the middle class to stay well organized, not organized, but well uh, structured is a good word to say. You know, it seems almost like the middle class is not the Democrats' core focus. You know, they're trying to... And it's not a bad idea to, to lift people out of poverty, but they're not lifting or pushing the middle class down into poverty to make one big glob of, of a lower middle class, you know? Right. Um, and that's just how I feel. And there's there's statistical evidence to prove that. You know, they want to tax the rich and push the rich down to the middle class and, and then push that middle class into one big glob of just lower middle class until they can just tax everything to – you know, till non-existence, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, you know, they talk about all raising all the taxes. Well, what does that do for your economy? It puts less money into the revenue of the economy and they don't care. They don't, they don't understand that by lowering taxes overstimulates an economy in a positive way. Right. I mean, you have more only- money in your pocket, you spend more money. I've actually had this argument with someone recently. And they are a very, they're a democratic socialist. And so I knew that whatever I was going to say, they probably wouldn't take in the information or at least consider it because of they, they, they strongly believe in their beliefs as strong as we do in our beliefs, but they're just, I would, I'm just going to say they're more hard headed than I, than both of us probably are because we're willing to hear someone's idea. It's hard to believe that they're more hard headed though. Yeah, honestly. So I told them exactly what you said. I said, Hey, Lower the, if you lower taxes over time, the economy will be booming. And they go, no. And I go, what do you mean no? That's what happened in the, during Trump's presidency. 
he lowered taxes like one of the first things he did and then right before covid hit our country was doing so good like amazing i mean our country's never been better and uh this this is what the person said to me it was all fake you've been lied to that's all they ever say. They have no evidence. They have no factual evidence to back it up. Well, so I asked this person, I said, well, what about today's time? What about all these shortages? And they said the same thing to me. It's fake. You're just being lied to. I said, really? They go, yeah. I said, hmm. So um, what about gas? And he goes, gas goes up every summer. And I showed him a chart. Oh, God. I had this website. Well, on. I wish we I talked about it in another episode, actually. Yeah. I mean, uh, now gas prices actually went down with Trump. And then I asked him about... um. Beef, beef going up. I said, why is beef going up then? Oh, it's just because farmers are charging more money for each cow. I said, dude, it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. Like, they just were so incompliant to understanding logic. And like I said, they were so hard-headed in their own beliefs. And I even said, I said, hey, like, maybe you should look up some of these things for yourself and read it for yourself instead of listening to me if you don't necessarily believe what I'm saying. And they said, no, I don't get on the internet. I watch, I watch CNN. I said, okay. Little, little sidetrack here. I don't know if you'd heard this or not yet, but this last month, with already this month and the partial part of last month, was the first time no CNN show had a million viewers at any given time. Wait, say that again? At this, this last 30 days, so the beginning of this month and the end of, of September – Okay. was the first time that CNN did not have a single show that had one consistent time a million viewers. Oh, I don't I believe it. I mean, they're the communist news network and uh it was funny. I was actually at the I was at whenever I was at the gym yesterday. I saw CNN on and I go I I said out loud I said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and the guy next to me, I guess he didn't have one headphone in. He's like, "I know, dude. CNN's the fucking worst." And I go, "Hey, I'm going to have him change it." And literally, everyone, there was like two people next to us, and they're like, "Yes, thank God, someone's saying something." I was like, "Wow, it doesn't like take much." Like I, I thought to myself, "It's like, wow, I'm glad people agree with me." But then on the other hand, I was thinking, "It really doesn't take much to ask an employee to change the channel." Like, why is it? Like I don't know. I've always, 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 always said, and this goes out to my future wife, if you're listening, whoever you may be out there. CNN will never, ever, ever be played in my house. And if it is, divorce papers are being filed that night. I mean, unless you want to hear some comedy or something. I mean. Oh, there's nothing you know, comical about them. You know, it, it, just listening to uh, like Don Lemon talk. Or Chris uh, Como. Or Chris Como, who's, <laughs> we all know how his brother worked out in politics. Oh, yeah. Um, that, I mean, talk about a train wreck. That, I mean, that whole thing was just a train wreck. Well, the thing about Chris Como, so, Devin, I'm actually – you're going to be really surprised by what I'm about to say. I actually used to like Chris Como at one point, if you can uh, believe it or not. And this was actually before I even got involved in politics. This was before Trump. It was whenever uh, Obama was in office. And the reason I liked Chris Como then was even though he was still a liberal – he was still calling out things the Obama administration was doing, and he was like, like he was actually questioning it on CNN at one point. He was questioning the things the Obama administration was doing, and I was like, oh, this guy agrees with these people, but he's questioning the things he's doing because he knows something's not right. 
That's interesting, but we 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 haven't seen that side of Chris Como in uh, eight plus years. So, well, it's it's like we've talked about numerous times on and off the mic. You know, if if you're a Democrat and you question, you know, any authority that's in power, you know, if you question Nancy Pelosi or Dianne Feinstein or um, Chuck Schumer, or in this case Biden, and even at that time Obama, you know, you're almost seen as like a black sheep of the of the party. You know, if you're a Republican and you talk bad about Trump or George Bush or Mitt Romney or Ted Cruz or any really anyone, people will talk to you about it. They'll be like, well, what don't you like? And like I said, we've talked about numerous times rhinos, okay? Mm-hmm. And you, that's that's something that we've talked about. We both agree that there is such a thing as rhinos. But everyone we talk to that's on the right-wing side doesn't banish us from um, – credibility in what we're saying because they understand that everyone has their own opinion right actually Devin, i want to add on to what you were talking about about giving politicians power and so as soon as this is my opinion um i i know you'll agree with me on this but i want i want to know what our viewers think about this but as soon as you give politicians power basically any kind of power that didn't exist previously they can figure out a way to force you into carrying something that allows you to do things, allows you to go places. Historically, they're not going to give up that power or don't want to give up that power because they know they have a um, they know they have control. And so they find new reasons and we have to protect the, our freedoms at all costs, whether you agree with these people's choices or not. Because it is literally the foundation this country was founded on. Freedom. Freedom was the foundation. And this idea of freedom for so many people that thinks it's like frivolous or it's not important or it's not the main thing we should be focused on. But it is literally the structure that allows this country to be so freaking amazing. And we said it on the last episode. Every single country that has ever existed other than the United States up until 1776, every freaking country was run by dictators, all of them, at some point. And so this country was the first experiment in self-government that actually worked. And it created the greatest superpower the world has ever known. And as we've seen throughout our years that our country has been established, um, it created the greatest cultural machine, the greatest machine of art, creativity, innovation, all within this country. And you know why that happened? It was because of freedom. And as soon as you see something and anything that comes along that tries to inhibit your freedom, you should be very cautious and very suspicious because anything that comes along and tries to inhibit your freedom is by definition anti-American. And that is exactly what I see this administration in office right now. Uh, Very, very, very great point. Um, to, to expand on that even more, like you said last episode, um, you know, if you if you value security over um, your liberties, then you're going to lose both. Um, and I agree with that Harper said, once you give up a right, you could give it up, but you have to fight to get it back. They never just inadvertently or purposefully hand it back over to you. You can ask for it, but you're not going to get it back. You have to fight for it, whether that be through a court system or through, um, you know, the criminal justice system or mm-hmm. just, or just protesting. And you see that at a lot of things. 
yeah. all over the world. It's not just an American issue. People will always fight to get their rights back because they, at the first time, they didn't understand that. They gave it up, and now they have to fight to get it back. And that's what I'm truly scared of is that we're going to see people that are like, oh, I trust the government. You know, we, we can trust them. We elected them. And I don't, I don't want to see an America that has to fight so valiantly and so hard to get the right back. And anyone uh, that thinks that same, you know, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so um, another thing I just want to hit real quick, because I also want to share a clip of our audience, is um, with these shortages, I mean, again, we've... Biden, like I said earlier in this episode, his whole campaign slogan was build back better, build back better. I mean, I don't know how many times we heard that build back better. We'll get back on track. We'll get through this thing. But even we can even put shortages aside for a second. Even if you look at COVID, for instance, I don't want to get too deep on COVID on this episode, but even COVID has got worse underneath him. And then I don't. there's just nothing. He hasn't done one thing that has really made me be like, Okay, I, I can see what he's doing. I understand what he's doing. But, I mean, he's just driving this country so deep into a rabbit hole, Devin, that I am, I'm furious. It I'm, just I, seems like a lot of left and rights. It doesn't seem like there's no straight arrow here. It just seems like a lot of left and rights and up and downs, and, and nothing's ever, you know, straightforward with anything. And that's that's the scary part of it as well. Yeah. And so um, who's the treasurer? You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, hold on. I'm going to look this up real quick while we're on recording. The treasurer of this administration. Oh, Pete Butterberg? Or he's, a, he's the Secretary of Transportation. Yeah, oh, Transportation, Transportation, yes. Who was on paternity leave for two months. All right, and I would like to say to people, all right, Pete Butterberg or Getterberg, whatever. He's Expert. a gay man, okay? I'm not saying, I'm not here to say that I'm against gay people. If you can love a tree for all I care for. I don't care. But to be on paternity leave for two months while this country is literally going through hell, I'm sorry. You need to be – you should not be in that position anymore. And then the first just, thing he comes back and says is, is that this is indicative that the economy is recovering, that the huh. price of everything is going up. Did you, did you see him say that? Yes. How stupid and, is that? I mean, he can't take – he's just not wanting to take action for his own mistake. I mean, that's all it is. You know, I mean, I, he could have totally – he could have totally prevented all these ports in California. He could have prevented all of this – all of this craziness. I mean, we see ships stuck in the middle of the sea with thousands of cargo ships because of the regulations of some states because of their COVID restrictions, which is freaking ridiculous. I don't know that he could have fixed it. He might have made it worse. His his political agendas and his history, it it actually might have been a good thing that he was gone for two months. As, uh-huh. as sad as it is to say, um, have you ever seen the video of him where you know the first his first couple of weeks in office, he was on this kick. He wasn't gonna ride in a car, he was gonna ride a bike everywhere on Capitol Hill. Hmm. And then he got caught on the back of a Secret Service SUV putting the bike on and then riding up until the media cameras and then getting on the bike and riding. <laughs> I love that. I freaking love that. I just, but, I don't get it. Yeah. So here's a clip, Devin, I'm going to share with you in our audience. It's by Jen Saki. It's a reporter asking her about 
what the recent poll is. And a couple episodes ago, we discussed how Biden reached an all-time low at 42%, but it actually got even worse since then. And now we're at 38%. And uh, her answer to this question is pretty shocking. Let's listen to it. I might keep running back and talk about polls, and you might say that they don't mean anything, but um, it's also fair to say the White House, when there are good polls, you, you publicize them. So what do you make of these really terrible polls? Uh, are they that he's doing something wrong? Is it just the communication, or is it he's doing the popular things that have to be done? Or something else? Sure. Well, look, I would say that this is a really tough time in our country. We're still battling COVID, uh, and a lot of people thought we'd be through it, uh, including us. Uh, and we, because of the rise of the Delta variant, uh, because of the fact that uh, even though it was a vaccine that was approved under a Republican administration, uh, even though uh, we now have full FDA approval, and even though it's widely available across the country, we still have a quarter of the country who have, uh, less than that, uh, 20% of the country who've decided not to get vaccinated. No question that's having an impact. Uh, and of course, as the president has said, the buck stops with him. All right, so I would just like to say, when after I saw and heard this clip for the first time, I was so mad. Like, what a complete, like, what a way to completely avoid a question and blame Joe Biden's performance of running this country on unvaccinating the virus. You know how tired I am of this administration, Devin, trying to blame other people for their problems. It's better than her saying, "Let's circle back to it." That was getting like nails on a chalkboard, but it's still really really bad and really, really pitiful and shows very poor leadership. I, I, but she didn't even answer the question in that. I mean, she completely avoided it. And like she, 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 she tried making a complete separate topic off something she was asked. And as a press second press secretary of the United States, and you can't answer a question straightforward. I'm sorry. You probably shouldn't be press secretary. There's see the the issue with it is, and I agree with you. She couldn't spin it into a positive, okay? We're going to see this way, way, way more, and we've seen it in the past. If they can't answer a question and spin it into a positive, change the topic. Deflect, deflect, deflect. That's the whole Democrat motto right now. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it disgusts me the way that these people act. Um, and I, I don't know, man. It's just... It's getting to a point where where people need to say when's enough enough and take things in our own hands. I don't know what that may be when I say that, but um, it's starting to get to the point where we need to say we're not going to let you people tell us how to live our lives anymore because obviously them saying the things they've been saying and doing aren't working out for us whatsoever. I mean, a hundred percent. You know how many how many more people is going to take to get fed up with? Just the stupid things like that of not being able to answer, answer a simple question as to why do you think the president's approval rating is pulling so low? Right. You know, it's a simple question. And even whether you agree or disagree with Biden, you honestly, with any common sense, should understand and believe that that should be a question that you should be able to answer for, whether it be positive or negative. And the deflecting of the question because it can't be turned positive should, and I think this wholeheartedly, should be an issue for you. Whether, like I said, whether you agree with them or not, and you, I mean, you could understand that too. Yeah, I, I, I personally didn't think that um, it was going to be this bad. Whenever his inauguration on January twentieth during the inauguration, I, I really didn't. I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. I thought that he just, 
I knew that gas prices were were going to go up. I knew that. I didn't see what's com- I didn't see what's happening today coming though, and I think like we said in the last episode, I think a lot of voters that voted for Joe Biden didn't expect or absolutely want this what whatsoever. Because now it's not only affecting Republicans, but it's affecting the Democrats that voted for him. And when it affects them, I mean, really, who else do they have to blame? Well, they're so limited on the Republicans. Let's 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 set which that is, straight. Um, which it, it, it's it's ridiculous because I mean, we also see the media try to still bring up Trump, Trump, Trump. It's like, dude, when are you guys gonna like stop bringing up Trump? He's not in office. He's playing golf, enjoying times with his family, like. Jesus, give the guy a break. Prepping up for a 2024 run to come in with a full head of steam, ready to expose every little minuscule um, failure, absolute failure of the Biden administration. And you know, you got to recruit, you got to recoup when you're when you're going to come with a full head of steam like that. Right. Um, That's why I think he hasn't been very vocal. I mean, he's been he's been holding rallies, but I mean, he's. He's staying silent. Then he's being more quiet than how Donnie usually is, which is a good thing and a bad thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, more, I think more good than bad. But I, I, I think that it would be really good for him to have came out at some point, a couple times, you know, once or twice a month, three times a month, and and just talked about what he think he could have done better if he'd have been given a second term. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether that would be advantageous to his 2024 run, that's not my my decision to make. I think personally, if he came out even once about this, like, hey, listen, this is what went down. You know, these gas prices and all that, you know, this is what I would have done to make it better. And I think that would have um, enabled people to see that, whether they liked him or not, and be like, you know what? I, I think that would have made sense. And I wouldn't be spending $80, $90 to fill up my gas ticket right now when I was spending 40 50 bucks under the Trump administration. Sometimes right. not even 40 bucks. Sometimes it was like 38 35 bucks. I remember this was when lockdowns were going on. I was still working at the time. I was actually, this was whenever I was working on the sod farm. I remember, though, that I was, like, the only one on the highway going home and to work. And there was one, this is whenever I had my Ford Fusion, by the way. So I was getting great miles per gallon in that thing. And I think it was, like, a, I don't know, maybe, like, a 9, 10, 10, no. It was a 13-gallon car. And I filled up. I was literally, like, the I was on E, like maybe three miles to go until I got empty. I filled up at the gas station and it cost me $28.36 to full, fill completely up. Yep. I mean, I have I have a 2010 Chevy Silverado. It's got a 23-gallon tank and it was costing me like $35, I think. I think the lowest I ever had was like 32 but that was, you know, but – you know, now it's cost. It cost me seventy eight dollars when I filled up last Friday. Ooh, see, that's seventy eight dollars. I was on empty, empty. I had gas light on and blinking. <laughs> I haven't. To be honest, man, ever since gas prices went up, I get too scared. I don't let my gas tank get below a quarter tank. Yeah, I started filling up every Friday, no matter how much gas I had. Yeah, because it, it's a big hit. You know, not. I mean, not that I can't afford seventy eight dollars at a time, but I'll tell you what. 10, 15 bucks every week looks a whole lot better than, you know, spending 120 bucks a month, you know? Right. Or it's, it feels like that. It's probably not actually that mathematically, but that, it sure does feel like that. I'll tell you what. Um, and it's just, it's crazy that people don't understand that the, the gas is the center of the issue. 
Right. To some people, it's such a minor issue, but like I've said, everything, everything. Now, there's not a thing that does not, you know, involve gas in the economy. You know, produce, you know, furniture, you know, every single thing. I, and I cannot stress that enough. So day one, when Biden shut that pipeline down, I knew that we were going to see stuff like this happening. I had no idea it was going to be this bad. You know, I had no idea that gas was going to be almost three fifty. Um, you know, and it's. I, I, it's sad to say that I, I didn't expect this because I should have expected this craziness and, and terrible, you know, economy. But I guess I was being optimistic. Yeah. Well, so that, but I have one last question for this episode. And that question is Do you think Biden will serve a full term? Mm, you know, the side of me wants to say no. I don't think he's going to be. I think they're going to weaken it, burn him a little longer, and maybe get him through his 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 full term. I don't know how much longer they can weaken it, burn him. And if you know what that movie is, you know what I'm talking about. But basically, just prop him up and, and keep him signing papers with a limp hand. Um, I don't think he's going to probably, obviously, make a second term. I don't think he's going to in 2024. Um, the only way I see him not serving his full term is if things get start getting a lot worse. You know, um, we have primaries coming up here next November. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we've talked about off off the mic, you know, there's a lot of Democrat seats that are up for reelection that could get turned, you know, to the Republican side. And I think that if we got a majority in the House and the Senate, I think his days would be absolutely numbered. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It all depends on the primaries come up in 2022. If it turns in our favor. The man, I don't think, will serve his full term. I, I, I really don't. I think if we see, you know, even a, a vast majority, not even a humongous majority, just a slight ma- a majority, um, I think that when they when they get inaugurated, and you're going to see in two to three months, you're going to see impeachment trials, just like we saw with Trump, the, the, the wild goose chase. But this time, we're actually going to be chasing something that's logical and isn't fabricated by the news medias. Yeah. Well, also, I think something that we need to start looking out for, and I mean this sincerely, is his health. It seems like this man is getting more frail by the week. He's losing, like, we know that he has a speech impediment, and we make fun of him for it because it is funny. But at the same time, his speaking ability, I have seen, has got so much worse since the day he took office. I mean, there are just some things he says in a sentence, and you're like, dude, what the hell did you just say? And I mean, whenever he, during the debates against Trump, like he would, he could, he, he honestly did have fine speech. He would stutter sometimes here and there. But now, I mean, he is just completely just out of it, man. I don't think his health is all there, dude. I don't think coming into this, his mental faculty, mental faculties were there. Um, you know, have you ever seen at a rally when he asked for his mom and his mom had been dead since like 2006? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and it, 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 it was funny. I'll be honest, it was funny. But now it's not funny because that man is in the driver's seat of this country. Right. You know, and the ship is sinking. The ship is sinking. And it's not it's not funny anymore. It's not it's not. I mean, it's comical, but it's not funny because, like I said, that's the driver's seat of our country. People voted that into the seat, and that's. I don't. I hope I don't see the ship fall down under the water much farther. But I, it's unrealistic to not expect it to at least 
make a couple more dives under mm-hmm. the water. Um, and I, you know, hypothetically. I said this um, on election. I said this before election night, as I made a Facebook post, and I I literally said I said. If Joe Biden's elected, and I do not wish him to fail as a president because I, I love my country, but I know he's going to. And he has completely made that statement come completely true so far. You know, it's like hoping your pilot on the airplane to fail. You know, you're only going to get punished. You, you, there's no there's no success in hoping that he fails. No one succeeds. We're- yep. And I hope people realize what they voted in for. And all we can do at this point is pray. No more mean tweets, though. Oh yeah, that's 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 a good thing that we don't have to worry about nowadays. I guess all the other things are just kind of brushed off the shoulder in liberals' eyes. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. But Devin, as always, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning into this episode, everybody. If you like this program and the topics we talk about or even have future topics that you would like me and Devin to talk about, please reach out to us. You can find you can email us at the Goldberg Show at Yahoo.com. Again, the Goldberg Show at Yahoo.com. We also have two social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook, both at the Goldberg Show. So please email us your questions, email us what you guys think of the topics we've been discussing. And as always, we'll talk to you guys next time.